Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and the title of today's podcast is Get in the Ark. And with me today is my friend Glenda Lomax of Just Praise Him Today. Welcome to the show, Glenda. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So the urgency of this message is, first of all, the storm that you all have heard about is not coming. It's here. And there has been an urgency in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, I was getting in spirit, get into the boat, my children. Why do you continue to play? The storm is just over the horizon and heading this way, and it will be like nothing you have seen before. You know, Ray, uh, a few years back, I think it was, I had a vision of the coming storm, and I saw it so clearly, and I still remember it even in detail. And I've talked about it before on the Just Praise Him podcast at some point. And in this vision, as it opened up, I was walking over a, a plane, like in the plains, there's a lot of land that's just flat as far as you can see. And I was carrying a person, which was very heavy. And the person had no clothing on, which in a vision represents somebody who's spiritually uncovered, meaning the unsafe. And all of you who are listening, who are intercessors, you know what I'm talking about. When you carry an intercessory burden, when you're going before the Lord again and again, you know, multiple times a day, praying uh, for your unsaved loved ones. It is a burden. It's a lot to carry. My friend Brenda does that a lot. And I looked off in the distance and I could see the storm that was coming. And, you know, I live in Tornado Alley, so we're used to seeing storms coming on the horizon. But this storm was so big and it was so low to the ground. And I could see all this static on the underneath side of it. And I remember I looked at that in the vision and I said, nobody can survive that storm. And I was walking in that, in that direction because that was what was coming. So I was walking towards the future, carrying this burden, but I knew nobody was going to survive what was coming. It was a heavy, heavy feeling. Well, he's showing us that as the mass famine, the war, the persecution, and so on are starting. And they are starting. Everybody's probably heard by now of the warehouse fires. They've heard of all the situation with the war. And when all of this is coming, the Lord is telling his people to abide in him. That is to walk in his ways. And he's very displeased with his children that are indifferent to others. And part of this is those suffering lack. If you aren't faithful in helping others, then you're not being faithful in other areas as well. And the Lord says he's going to smite those who are doing this to him and doing this to the, his people that he has called, as well as those suffering the lack. And this is a big deal because part of what I was feeling yesterday morning was uh, the Lord's fury behind it. And I'm not the only one getting this. Glinda is getting this. And, uh, you know, she mentioned her friend Brenda. She's getting this. And our mutual friend, Many Rounds, is getting this. And um, he'll be on later in the second half of the show. But if you knew the urgency in the spirit, you would take the Lord seriously at his word. And I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be sorry at the same time if I'm offending anybody by what I say. I mean, would you rather be offended into heaven or coddled into hell? Because it's not a matter of not if, but when these things happen. And they're already starting to happen. And that's what I meant in the beginning when I said, it's not coming, it's here. The signs are all around us. And what I tell you now 
it soon will not matter if you are not abiding in Jesus. That is the truth. And it is happening, and anybody with eyes to see can see all these things that are going on in the world that the Bible has predicted. And you know, I received a very interesting word yesterday morning speaking of all this. And the Lord said, For years now, in your time, I have been warning my people of what is coming. So many still ignore my warnings, reasoning away, saying it's not me speaking, or it's for another time, or it can't happen here. My people, you will very soon witness it is indeed I who warn you, and that the events are no longer coming but are happening. You will realize in horror that you have not believed me, and it is too late to ready yourselves in my word, that you have played in the world and chased after its pleasures, and now no more time remains for you. I have set before you the truth. The enemy has set before you deception and distraction. Now you will reap from whichever you have chosen. No, today is April 26, 2022. On April 24, 2020, almost exactly two years ago, I was shown something very clearly that showed us, I believe, where the U.S. was even then. It was Friday, April 24, 2020. I was in the, in the kitchen cutting up some chicken for that night's dinner and not really thinking about anything, just being thankful to have food and have a house to live in. It was hard times for anybody with all the job loss, you know, and the pandemic and everything. And I saw a vision. It was a huge leopard with a very large mouth, grimacing as it prepared to pounce. It was watching the USA, and it was just about to spring. It was in that crouched down, head down position right before it leaps on something. It hid in an area back and slightly above its prey, obscured by vegetation. BibleStudyTools.org gives this definition for the biblical meaning of a leopard. Revelation 13.2. Interestingly, I was studying the mark of the beast around this same time and later realized this scripture might relate to the leopard vision. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. I'm not going to read all the other description of that because it's very lengthy, but, you know, the Lord relates in Hosea 13, 7, the leopard symbolizes the wrath of God. So it's important to remember that. I didn't know what a leopard meant when I, when I saw it. I'd never had a vision with a leopard in it before. The Lord is so merciful and so loving. Even as you laugh at him and at his words trying to warn you, he loves you and he wants to spare you from suffering and what's coming. The reason he has watchmen like Ray and I is that very thing to show you that he is real. I recently came across a vision that I had in May of 2018. And I think the reason I forgot it was it was so horrific. I was really concerned it was going to give me nightmares. It This one terrified me. And I'm not often afraid of the visions that I have because I know I'm saved. But it makes me pray so much harder for the people I love who are not saved. And I had this one on May 9th. 2018, and I call it the vision of the dreadful pit. I was in worship uh, when it happened, and a vision appeared. And in the vision, I was holding on to the robe of Jesus. And I looked below me, and there was this cavernous, dark pit. And my first thought was, Am I in sin? Am I going to get sent to hell? And my second thought was, Please don't let me go. In the vision, I did not have to speak to communicate. I knew that he heard my thought. So this pit, I don't even know how far across it was. 
I don't think you could measure it. It looked like a very large volcano is what it looked like. You could only see inside the rim. And then there was just darkness. It looked like some bottomless hole somewhere. And when I said, please don't let me go, I looked and he was holding on to me too. So I wouldn't drop in. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. After a minute or so of looking at that pit and wondering what was going on, I saw a person fall into it. And then another one. And they were not real fast. And the grief just hit me at the thought of somebody having to go into that. And I thought, oh, no, that's where the lost go when they die. And I knew that there was no way out from there. And I felt instinctively that for those going into the pit, what awaits them at the bottom would be the equivalent of being thrown into a pit of giant vipers. I don't know how to convey to you how horrific what I saw was. If you could stand for two seconds over that pit and see that if you don't give your life to Jesus and give your life to Jesus, I mean your life, not just say I'm a Christian, but give him your life and do what he wants you to do and obey him. If you could see into that pit for two seconds, she would gladly run to the cross. I'm not even kidding you. But I read somewhere that there's normally about 150,000 people a day that pass around the world. That's 6,250 an hour or over 100 a minute. So thank you, Lord, for not showing me all, you know, all 100 a minute going in there because it was bad enough what I'd seen. I don't think I could have endured more. And I said, Lord, what can we do? I don't know what to do. And he impressed me, you know, pray for one lost person a day, even one person. Just pray for that person two or three times during that day. Somebody who don't have anybody to pray for them. And if he said, if we will do that, he will save the people that we know that are unsaved. You know, somebody had to pray us in, y'all. Somebody had to pray me in, my mom and my sister, and I don't know how many others. I'm sure plenty of people were praying for me to get saved. But they prayed for over 10 years. And I was a hard-hearted case. I was running the other way as hard as I could go. I was like, don't talk to me about the Jesus stuff because that just looked like another set of rules to me. And that's not what he's offering. He's offering life. And if you knew what it was like, you would run to it and not away from it. But nobody ever told me that. Anyway, I just wanted to share that vision because it was so horrific. I don't want anybody to go into that pit. That almost reminds me of the slanted roadway dream where everybody was speeding ahead to their demise. And, uh, you know, they had smiles of glee on their face while I was saying, um, this is the wrong road. We need to get off. You know, and I, I talked about that when we did our End Times podcast. You know, it would seem many say they are believers of the word, but not doers of the word. Because if they were, they would be doing as it says. Yet it would seem many are mum and still sitting on the fence with the, you know, oh, we'll see mindset. You're going to see all right. How many hear, for example, the doctrine of mercy the Lord taught, but don't put it into practice themselves? And by the way, there's someone listening to this, and you're mocking what is being said here today. You think it doesn't apply to you. The Lord says you only look out for your own interests and not the interests of others. In fact, you come to this show to take what you want to suit yourself. You don't really think the Lord will help you, and so you hoard and only help yourself though you know there are others in need around you. You are selfish and you need to repent. The Lord says you are in direct contradiction to his word, specifically Philippians 2 verse 4, which says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know, to anyone listening, 
Keep in mind these verses Jesus said. When he calls us home, he's going to have those who did well, and he's going to have those who didn't. And when we look at Matthew 25, verses 41 through 46, then he will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into the everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So, you know, in other words, you need to be living what the word says and doing good unto others, treating people how you would want to be treated. And if you would not want to be ignored or forgotten and you would want mercy extended to you, you should be extending it to others. Yes, new and others. How often have we confessed that we believe the word of God, but our lives are shouting another message? The Bible calls this hypocrisy. Job 27, 8 says, For what is the hope of the hypocrite? though he hath gained when God taketh away his soul. So no matter what you gain, what does it matter what you own, what you have, if you lose your soul? Do we believe or do we only say that we believe? If I believe my house is on fire, I'm going to act on that. I'm going to run outside, right? So when we see the word or we hear the word, we should act on the word and be doers of the word, not hearers only, as the Bible says. The Lord gives you leadings in your spirit, gentle nudges. Those are important to obey, especially those of you who say that you cannot hear him speak. If you don't obey the beginnings, the nudges, why is he going to bother to talk to you and try to get you to obey further? You either obey all the time or you're, or you're disobedient. I don't know any other way to say that. Because as you obey those, you will begin to hear him speak too. We cannot expect mercy if we don't show mercy. Well, I'm in agreement with that. And do you not know faith without works is dead? You know, the Lord has told me quite a few times when I've prayed on this, they will see. And what do you think he means by that? Well, he's referring to those who won't listen, who won't do what his word commands. You know, I told everybody last year that the Lord revealed the white horse was riding to conquer. And those pieces are nearly in place. You know, the bigger the warning, the further in advance it is. You know, Glinda has separately told you she got a message that this was not a drill, that the storm is many things at once. And those who refuse to face what's coming now will be those who make up the mass amounts of suicides because they're not going to know what else to do when that storm is fully upon us. That is the truth. I've been shown numerous times that when all of this starts to fall, that uh, there will be massive amount of suicides. And, you know, speaking of the white horse, I've been wondering lately if maybe the rider on that white horse is Putin. Vladimir Putin is setting out to conquer. And it's the conqueror who rides the white horse. Makes you wonder, don't it? It does. But it's also removing comfort, the rights from individuals. 
not just in America, but around the world. Yes. And we actively see that now. We're seeing everything that we knew being taken away from us. Yes. This makes me think about a week or so ago, uh, you told me, I don't know if you told other people, you told me of a, a big need that came up in your own life. And, it, and it's a serious one. Um, your AC went out at your house, am I right? Yep. It's made uh, getting some things done very difficult. And I actually have uh, mentioned it in the podcast in passing. Oh, okay. Because Ray lives in the South too, like I do. And y'all, it ain't fun in the South. You ain't got no way to see. Let me tell you what, it'll make you think real seriously about how you don't want to go to hell. I'm just saying. But it that comes to my mind now because, you know, we're talking about doing what the word says. So I was praying this morning because I told you I've been praying for that need to be met. But I know what that's like. That just it, I remember I lived in Princeton in the townhouse and the air conditioner broke one day. And oh, my gosh, you think you're going to die. Um, but the Lord had said to me, he said about your situation, he said, that whoever gives generously to you for that need, that he's going to answer one of their important prayers for them. And I kept praying because I was praying, I'm praying for this at, at night too. And he said that for the ones who can give and don't, he said they will cry to me when it comes, when their time comes of need. And he said they will have no food to feed their little ones. And he said, did I not warn you? You care not for the things of God. I will not answer you in that time. And I was looking, I thought, wait a minute, I've seen scriptures that say that. And so I was looking up some of the verses because it made me, you know, curious about that. And I found, let me read you some of the verses I found. Because there's a bunch in Proverbs about this. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. There is that scattereth, that's sowing, and yet increases. And there is that withholds more than is meat, which means holds back more than they should, but it tends to poverty, meaning it'll bring their poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that waters shall be watered also himself. Now, this tells you it is a seed when you give. When you give, you're not giving it away. You're planting a seed for something that you need or something your children are going to need in the future. And you may have plenty now, but soon the items we need won't even be available to buy no matter how much wealth you have. And only God can bring manna when there is no food. Mark 4.19 says, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. That's from the parable of the sower. If riches are deceitful, then you are being deceived somehow, right? In the natural we believe if we have plenty of money, we can buy our way through whatever happens. And when there's no food in the land, if there's not a loaf of bread anywhere in your state, it don't matter how much wealth you have. You can't buy anything to eat or to feed your children. When the land is given over to demons, after God's people are taken out one by one, how will it protect you then? It can't. So the word says that in that time rich men will cast their gold and their silver to the moles and the bats because it will be worthless only god can bring manna please do not misunderstand what i'm saying the lord does not mind you having plenty he loves that he does not mind you having things he only minds if the things have you he minds if you have it and you hoard it you know abraham was blessed to be a blessing the lord never minds you having more than enough 
If you look at King David and King Solomon in the Bible, he blessed them so abundantly. I mean, Solomon, there's probably, Solomon probably still has many in his accounts. I'm just saying. Proverbs 22, 9 says, He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. And somebody that has a bountiful eye is somebody that doesn't think, oh, I don't have enough, so I'm going to hold on to this, or I might not have enough in the future. Somebody with a bountiful eye goes, hey, God's going to take care of me, so I can give a brother. I can help. You know, I can sow an extra $10, or I don't have very much, but I can, you know, I can send $5, or I can send $10. If a 1,000 people send $5, somebody's need can be met. You know what I'm saying? Proverbs 19, 70. He that hath pity upon the poor lends unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will, will he pay him again. That means if you help somebody when they're in need, God's going to pay you back. And God always brings you back more than you gave, in case you don't know that. Proverbs 28, 27, he that gives unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hides his eyes shall have many a curse. And in Hebrews chapter 13, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. That's people that are uh, like arrested for the gospel or in prison and whatever. Them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. If our brothers suffer adversity and we don't try to help, guess who's going into the wilderness next? I'm just saying. I've been to the wilderness a lot of times, y'all. Luke 6.38 says, Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Okay, good measure means you're giving plentifully. You're not giving just the tiniest bit that you can give, but you're giving generously as God gives to you. And then God will give back to you even more. And if you don't believe that works, try it and you will find out it does. That's going to be very important going into the times that we're going into, which, um, you know, I conducted a, yeah, uh, I conducted a separate interview, as you all know, with our mutual friend, Many Rounds. And, you know, we get into that at what's coming. And when you start to think about the times that are upon us, when you start to see these things happening now, why would you be playing around with the Lord when you know, when you know that these things are coming? Why would you do that? Yeah, you're going into a time of dire need. You want to plant every seed you can plant and and stay close to God and be assured of your continual provision and your provision for your family as well. Right. And there are many who do, are obedient, and obviously we're not referring to those. We're referring to those who keep taking and never give back. We're referring to those, and they do it not just with ministries. They do it in their own lives. They do it with people around them. They'll see people. I've seen it personally. When I was in the wilderness, I can't tell you how many times I would be telling people I didn't have food or I was hungry or I couldn't get this or I couldn't get that. And everyone would say, well, I'll just pray for you. And they were well off. They were able. Good yeah. grief. You told them you didn't have food. I said, you I told would them be down. you didn't have food and I they said, didn't help. I said I would be down to this or that. And it would be like it, there would just be hardly an offer or, it, you know. I stopped asking. I didn't even mention it. It got to a point I stopped mentioning it because they would just go on and on and on about themselves. That is, And they knew what I was going through. That's uh, jaw-dropping to me. I can't even imagine. that. That's hurtful. And there was one time. Because I know you well enough to know you would have been the first one to give to them if they were in need. I've given, well, I'm not going to go into my deeds, but, you know, it's like I said earlier, you are to do 
if you have faith, where are the works? People are saying like, well, I'll pray for you. And, oh, well, I hope everything works out. And, you know, but it's not the responsibility of just a few people. This is the whole thing. Yeah. This is That's what, the bunch that says, oh, somebody else can do that. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will speak up. Somebody else. It's always somebody else. But then they're in need. Pray for me. There's not pray always for me. somebody else. Pray for me to have a blessing. And, and in ministry, <laughs> yeah, bless me, bless me. Uh, and in ministry, you don't have a steady income, especially a ministry that's starting out. You don't have a steady, you know, you may have all month, one month, you may have $50 total in contributions. And the next month you might have 200. I mean, it goes up and down. So you can't even, and God doesn't want us to get into debt, but you can't even rely on credit if you're on ministry because you don't know what your income is going to be next month or the next month. They don't understand that when these things so arise we, and they don't come through for us, we do it for the Lord, but it makes it more difficult Yeah, because we're like, why should I give back when they're not giving to me? You know? Yeah, it, it gets frustrating. It does because it's distracting. It distracts you from the work. You can't, you know, when you can't pay your light bill and they're fixing to turn your lights out, you can't think about, you know, oh, I want to be sure I feed the sheep revelation in the podcast because you can't think straight when your air conditioner is broken. I don't know about you, but I get pretty cranky. Do you find it easy? South. It is hot down here. It is hot. And do you find it easy to give encouraging messages when you yourself are not encouraged? Not at all. Not See? at all. See? So, you know, people want encouraging words for the times we're going into. Well, it's a little bit difficult when uh, I'm sitting here and I'm miserable, okay? You know, put yourself in that person's shoes. If that were you, if you were hungry or if you were in need, how would you feel if that were you? The Lord is showing me something. He said, people pray to me all the time wanting to know how much of the future, you know, they're going to have to suffer in. And he said, look at what you're doing now. Are you doing my word? I never thought about it that way. Are you doing my word? That's you what know, he if was. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing and being obedient to his word. We're not going to have to worry about suffering. But if you're holding on to every little thing, you know, and hoarding everything up and ignoring everybody else that's going hungry around you, you're going to be the ones who will suffer. And I will tell you why. You think that you're hoarding up enough food that can get you through this? The Lord told me the famine that's coming, it is not even possible to store up enough food to get through that. And even if you have food stores, somebody will break in and steal it. Yeah. And that's what he's meaning when the ark, you know, it's pulling up to the dock. The clouds are building on the horizon. He's saying, get in it, live in my That's ways, right. in other words. Here. Stop playing around in the world. Here stop, comes the rain. Stop acting like you're invincible yep. and that the these rain. words do not apply to you because they apply to each and every one of us. You're not every immune from it. I'm not immune cover. from it. Nobody's immune from it. And that includes the person listening to this laughing, thinking, oh, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like, no, the Lord will show you, whoever you are. God's not going to be mocked. No, God is not going to be mocked. And the people who mock and scoff, the judgment is worse for. Because I know he's told me that. It will be worse for them. The ones who hear the words and don't believe will be worse for them. And I talked about that in the Integrity Podcast. I will keep coming back to that because I mentioned that back when, uh, I want to say, when was that? When did I do that? I want to say it was either in December or January. I talked about Integrity. Integrity is doing the right thing. Yeah, even, I can't remember. Yeah, but I talked specifically to this point. You are to be accountable to the Lord no matter what everybody else does. 
It isn't about pointing fingers and saying, well, this person doesn't do that. It's like, it doesn't matter. He's looking at you. We're all separately accountable. So the word does not apply to the majority. Amen. And then there's the minority who think, well, it doesn't apply to me or I'm saved. I'm going to be whisked out of here. On the contrary, you might be left here because you think you're doing what's right, but he's going to show you in that area, you need to be refined. He's going to teach you what it's like to go through a suffering, what it's like to go through an unconventional refining. And nobody helps you. The word specifically has a verse, you know. So Micah 3, verse 4. Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time, as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. Amen. All the verses I read all agree with that. Here's a few more. Deuteronomy 31, verse 17, On that day my anger will burn against them, and I will abandon them and hide my face from them, so that they will be consumed, and many troubles and afflictions will befall them. On that day they will say, Have not these disasters come upon us because our God is no longer with us? So, you know, yeah, they'll call on God and he won't answer them. You know, Psalm 1841, They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord he did not answer. Proverbs 1, verse 28, they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will earnestly seek me, but will not find me. Isaiah 1, verse 15, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you multiply your prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. That means suffering. There was suffering at your hands because you didn't move when somebody was in need. So now you're going to be shown exactly what it was like. Yep. He's got to want us all to understand. Yeah, if we're both getting the same message and we're getting the same word, type of words, that goes to show that there is a problem that's existing right now in the body. And we need to stop being indifferent to one another. We need to stop acting like we're, this doesn't apply to me or I don't have to do it. Somebody else will do it. Because everyone's going to find out. And this is the warning. He had us put the show out for a reason. Yeah. Everybody has to answer for their own deeds or not doing. Well, Glenda, it's been an honor having you on today. I appreciate you uh, coming on and giving your insight on everything going on at the moment and how it applies and the message you got. Thank you for having me on this show, Ray. It's been a pleasure. And we'll catch up soon, Glenda. Thank you for being on. And there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Glenda had one more thing she wanted you all to hear, and that is her friend, uh, Brenda, from church. She uh, witnesses to people in her spare time, and um, she, too, in her spirit, is getting that the time is very short. And I want y'all to take a listen to this so you can understand why um, me and Glinda did the show today to tell you to get in the ark. And it's also important um, in regards to what I'm about to present to you with many rounds. Let's take a listen. I'm here with my friend Brenda uh, from my church, and we were just talking about the urgency that's been coming up in our spirits about, you know, getting people saved and about how short the time is. And Brenda has, an, has a gift of evangelism, and when she started out, she would take like some tracks and just, you know, if she was in a business or something, she would leave one there or, you know, give one to the person who waited on her or something like that. But Brenda, tell the people how your tract ministry and your witnessing ministry has evolved. 
Hi, my name's Brenda. Yeah, I I'm I go out witnessing. I bring tracks to people. I speak to them about the Lord. I tell them about the Lord, and I tell them about the urgency to get ready because God is coming back. And I don't think they should be left behind because it's gonna be horrible. And when I give the tracks and I talk to them, you can see the hopelessness in their face. And when I pass them the tracks and I do the tracks, you can see they got this little more or less hopelessness on their face because I tell them about Jesus. And I will do this because I'm doing this for God. And it's like evangelist for God. And I give God all the glory because it's not me. It's God. What do you say to them? I go you out, walk up to somebody? Because I, I never know what to say when I just walk up to somebody. I go up to them and I said, do you know God is your Savior? And they said, some say yes, some say no. And some say yeah. And I said, okay, because you know what? God is coming back and you have to be saved. you got to know the Lord. Do you want to know the Lord? And I'll tell them they don't. Sometimes they don't. So I just pass out my tracks and I tell them, okay. And they tell me, oh, I'm the Southern religion. And I just say, okay. I just give the tracks and I walk out. And I do this for an hour in the morning, in an hour in the afternoon. And I go around. I'm not ashamed of God, but there's urgency in this last days. Yeah, there is. People need to open up their hearts and let God come in. I did, and it's a very good, very good feeling and awesome. And I wouldn't trade God for anything in this world. Me either. And it is going to be terrible. The people that are left behind, the, the conditions are going to be so unbearable. They, if they just had any idea at all. And if they only understood what Jesus was offering mm-hmm. them and, and what awaits them in heaven, they would run to him instead of away from him. And they need to open their hearts and let him in because he sits there and knocks, knocks, knocks at their, at their heart. They got to open up. Because they're going to have a shortage of food. The people are not going to be able to feed their babies. And it's coming. And I just don't like to see this. And it grieves my heart. And I really got a hunger. The fire. I just got that burning in me. And I'm so glad what God did. I've been in this church seven months. And I'm, I became this in no time I'm, I pushed through it and here I am I never thought that I would be doing this but I'm doing it for God and I'm not ashamed of him I'll enough. go up to people in my neighborhood and I'll witness to them because I'm not ashamed if I'm ashamed of God he'll be ashamed of me that's right that's right we can't be ashamed we cannot be ashamed of the gospel and I give him the thanks every day and every night that where I'm at with him I've watched you change over the past months. And when I first saw you, you did not seem like you were happy. And then when you started developing this ministry and you started going out, now you smile all the time. Everybody <laughs> sees you're always smiling. You have so much yes, joy so because you're walking in what God has called you to do. And there's not a greater peace or a greater joy. And God started blessing her. Yes. When she started doing this ministry, all of a sudden all these blessings came into her life. It was just amazing to watch. It, it just been a complete, it's like watching a caterpillar turn into a beautiful butterfly. It was just amazing to watch. Yeah, it was so cool. And it's true. It's true. Everything Glenda's saying is very true. 
And you don't you don't expect that when you get older. You don't expect big life changes like that or anything wonderful to happen to you. But it can happen when yes. God's involved. It can happen. Yep, and I do I do have blessings that I really like. It's so awesome to be blessed like that. So I thank God for everything He's doing for me. It's a wonderful thing, and we'll see Jesus soon. You get to reap all those rewards from all that witnessing. You'll yes. see the people that you witness to will be in heaven, and they'll say, thank you for telling me about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you know, God bless Brenda, you know, for stepping up to the plate and accepting her calling and witnessing to people she doesn't even know. I mean, and that's all it takes. Just a little mustard seed, just a little mustard seed to plant and let it sprout when they're feeling hopeless and nobody knows what direction to go into. Now, guys, when we take a look at Joshua 24, verse 15, the word states, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, and that is the idols. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, when we move on to Micah, Chapter 4, verse 5, for all people walk each in the name of his God. That means they're given a choice, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. And that is how we should be walking as true believers. In the times that are now here, we will consistently be faced with whom we serve. Choices are going to be abounding constantly. And indeed, that's already happening. You know, it'll be choices about, you know, serving God or those around us, idols, you know, anything basically that takes the place of our Lord Jesus would be an idol. And these are the types of decisions you're going to need to consider from here on out in every decision you make. Because it will count against you if you continually choose to make the wrong choice. To quote James 4, verse 4, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You know, in this very late hour, our attention needs to be on the Lord and living in his ways today, not on worldly pursuits that will mean nothing tomorrow. Now, on a closing note, we would do well to recall when Jesus said, quoting Matthew 12, verse 30, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Ask yourself, what are you doing to bring people into the ark in your life? How are you helping others? We all need to be doing our part in reverence to Jesus. This isn't a game, guys. You know, this is getting very real now. The events foretold in Bible prophecy are upon us. Take note in everything in this podcast today and choose this day who you serve. Choose one side or the other. You don't get to stay on the fence because a day quickly approaches you may not have any more time to stay on that fence. Don't let that person be you. Hear the appeal of the Lord and do what's right. Now to JPH listeners, 
There is going to be a part two to this series, which will be posted on the Innocence Redeemed podcast shortly. If you uh, choose to listen to uh, the part where I interviewed many rounds. That's all I've got for you this week. Jesus bless you. And until next time, thanks for listening. And take care of yourselves out there. <laughs>